The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff. And we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. On December 27th, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina, with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Wednesday, August the 9th. I'm Donald Ware. Football camps are in full effect right now as the HBCU football season is just 17 days away. And we've got a special guest, as a matter of fact, in his ninth season as the head football coach at Langston is Quentin Morgan, who joins us on the program. Uh, the Lions last year were 6-4. and four. Uh, on the season of a part of now of this well been a part the last couple of years of the Sooner Athletic Conference as he joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Always good to talk with you, Coach Morgan. What's going on? Oh, it's going great. It's always great to talk, visit with you as well. You know what? We were talking. We were talking a little bit off mic. I got to ask you about this. About that, we were this baseball because you were. I was. I was telling you, man. I got. I, you know, I got. I may have four years of eligibility, even though I've graduated. You know, I, I didn't play any any ball in, in college, but then you were talking about the fact that you had uh, went to both Jackson State Southern and Langston, but you also played baseball while you were at uh, at Southern as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. I had the opportunity to be a part of a, a, a great program. Uh, I was a part of that two thousand uh, that two thousand team upon the coach Roger Kadar. That was my freshman year, and uh, I learned a lot. 
from that man. Uh, he just a up upright, like just great coach, you know. Um, and uh, him and Coach Barrett Ray, of course, uh, got an opportunity to play with Ricky Weeks. Uh, that was that was my suite mate. A uh, couple of guys, I think we had like maybe like nine guys go get drafted off that team in 2000, including Mike Woods, who went to the Detroit Tigers, and of course Ricky being the overall second pick in like the 2003 2004 draft. And then, um, but I had I, I ran across an injury that uh, that I had, and I tore, tore my rotator cuff, and I just couldn't top out like I used to. Um, I used to throw the ball probably about ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, I, I used to could chunk it into my uh, I tore my rotator cuff, and then um, after that, I transferred to uh, to Jackson State. Got the opportunity to play up on the uh, coach Mark Salter. And the, the the great coach Omar Johnson, you know, uh, and so it, it, I learned a lot from those from those three gentlemen about you know collegiate sports and how to conduct yourself as a as a as a man, a businessman. And so you know it was it was a great time for me, you know. And then from I played a little football up under James Bell uh, while I was at Jackson State as well, and then um, uh, transferred with Coach Greg Johnson when he came to Langston for his second term. And I finished out here playing football. I was able to get an extra year from that drop from NCAA to NAIA. So, and you know, it's been, the the rest has been, you know, what it is right now. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you, you took over, if I'm not mistaken, on an interim basis at Langston in 2015 and had a, mm-hmm. had success in the interim role and have had success ever since. I mean, I mentioned the six and four record and we'll, we'll talk more about that because you've had, you know, 10 win seasons, playoff appearances, et cetera. But can you speak a little bit more in terms of how those respective coaches um, helped you in your career and, and, and what you, you know, how you learn from them? You mentioned business wise, because you have had a, a tremendous amount of success as the head football coach at Langston. Discipline. And um, most importantly, you know, the, it's about the interaction with the student athlete. You know, you what I've learned, you got to really care about these kids, you know, uh, and, and that's the biggest thing, you know. And uh, but, yeah, the discipline that I learned from them, gentlemen and, you know, the, the olive branch of opening up, you know, to to make sure that your kids are, you know, mentally stable. You know, I think that's important, you know, and, and those were some of the things that they, they 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 showed me as a student athlete. You know, they showed that they care, you know, uh, specifically, I can honestly tell you that, yeah, me and Coach Omar Johnson, we've had some long talks, you know, and uh, he was always in my corner and he took me up on his wing. So it's just, you know, those are the things that I learned from them gentlemen. You know, it's bigger than the sport. It's about it's about life as well. And and that's what they showed me. No doubt about it. I mean, you look at, you know, the, those seasons. Let, let's talk about last year, obviously not the, the season that you wanted to have and not a typical season, if you will. I mean, six and four season for some is solid, but not for you guys. But yeah, your thoughts on, on sort of last season. Uh, We just didn't finish, you know, Uh, just didn't finish. That's the simplest way I can put it. Um, I think that, um, you know, we, we, we reached that mountain top again by knocking off Ottawa. There was maybe like ninth in the nation or something like that. And then we kind of like lost focus. Once again, so you know, uh, uh, we did it the, the year before, seven and three, and then now this year six and four. So it, it's just a growing pains, and I, I'm still dealing with a youthful team. I got five seniors, so the team is still kind of youthful. But now they've been through the through the through the fire. You know, they understand that we have to, you know, 
finish the season the same way we start, you know? And uh, I think that's, that I think that's going to be the biggest thing about this team this year. They understand that, Hey, we cannot let our guards down just because we have won, you know, we beat the, the top team, you know, and um, the atmosphere has been great. Uh, they understand the goal at hand. And um, I, I, I'm excited about this season to be totally honest with you. I have a lot of returners. Uh, it's pretty much a sophomore again and junior based led team. Yeah. And to, to, you know, because I, I look at that, right? Like, okay, maybe not the greatest season, but to the point, 40 wins in five seasons. I mean, that's, you know, that that's pretty good. And I, I know you guys are trying to maybe get back to the level of the 2017, 2018 season uh, when you let, when you made it to the playoffs. Um, let, let me, let me talk with you a little bit about some of the personnel, because I, you know, you had Larry Harrington last year. I mean, this guy, remember, you know, he's, he's a kid from right here, right here in Raleigh. Uh, right. st- started out at um, Norfolk, I believe, and so forth, and Correct. ended up with you. Uh, how how do you go about And then, I think, participated maybe in the Legacy Bowl or had some NFL he looks. He's done, he done a great job. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I think he could have possibly gave a good run in for the MVP of that game because, you know, he I think he maybe threw, like, the only touchdown or something like that or – he did a pretty good, a good job. He got his team, got the team. Uh, when he got in, he got he was able to get the team rolling offensively. You know. Yeah. So how do you go about? I mean, in essence, I mean, I know you can't replace a guy like that, but replacing a guy like that. Uh, we got we. I had a, I brought in ten quarterbacks in the camp. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and I also have my returner, you know, Raquan Washington. Okay. So. It, it, it's going to be really interesting. We've been having a great competition going on with the quarterbacks, and uh, I'm excited about who's going to be able to uh, take the lead. I have a young man from uh, Ohio by the name of Renty Martin. He's pushing the envelope. So it's going to be exciting to see who's going to actually end up leading us this year. Uh, we know what Raekwon can do. You know, we know that Raekwon is a, a very elusive quarterback. Uh, and he throws the ball well. And and Renty uh, Martin is a guy that comes in and then, He's a, he's a studier, you know, and he uh, he, he made great decisions with the ball. So I, I feel comfortable with both of those young men right now it, with either one of them leading us. But again, you know, like I said, it, it, it's a battle. We're still in camp. So it, it's, it's going to be made a best man win. You had a really good running game last year. You rushed for close to 170 yards as a team per game. I mean, does does Markel Scott come back for you, Taj Davidson? Who, who are your running backs this year? Uh, I have a... a uh, entourage of those two, so with with that that position also is a a big battle as well. So we got about seven or eight competitive running backs right now. We had a couple of good transfers to come in. Um, yeah, we have uh, tra- uh Tyler Travis will be re- uh, coming back to us. He's a young man that that toted the ball for us a few times last year. Very elusive. Uh, we had a transfer uh, come in, Jalen Jones, uh, DeHaven. Um, well, we have uh, man. I got a, I got a plenty of running backs right now. To be totally honest with you, but those three right now are definitely uh, sticking out. Um, and uh, I just I'm gonna be excited to see what they could do. You know, well, uh, two of the three backs, um, the Haven is maybe about two ten. Uh, Jalen Jones probably like two twenty, and um, Travis uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Travis, excuse me, is about one eighty five, one ninety. So we're going to be able to um, basically uh, play a little smash, smash mouth football, and be able to hit the edges and be elusive as well. So, and I love it when I have a balanced run game like that because I love controlling the clock. You know, let let me pause right there in terms of talking about some of the personnel. You you mentioned 
um, you know, a couple of guys that have come in for you transfer. We know about the transfer portal as it relates to NCAA. How does that, how does the, how has, or does the transfer portal affect you as the head coach or affect, you know, your Langston University football program? Um, I don't think it, I don't think it really uh, affects me um, because to be totally honest with you, I don't mind recruiting kids and um, I guess you could say um, developing. You know, it's, it's been a lost art of the, of the profession now because of the transfer portal. I don't mind developing kids. So it doesn't really affect me. I'm one of them old school coaches that, uh, or old school minded coaches that believe in developing kids still. So I don't mind going and grab a freshman that has been overlooked because of the transfer portal and developing him. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm, I'm big on that. You know, um, the transfer portal is great. Of course, it's, it's easy for quick patches, but the base of your team, you know, I, I, I'm truly, truly, uh, I truly believe that you got to have a, a, a good base, a good foundation. And that's those incoming freshmen and stuff like that. So, you know, and you lose some kids, but you get them back. For example, I lost uh, Malcolm Johnson to uh, Mississippi Valley. He started for Mississippi Valley last year. He was my defensive player of the year. And uh, he was defensive player of the year in our conference in 2000, I want to say um, 19, 18, 19, something like that. Uh, no, no, excuse me, 2021. And he played for, up on the vents up at uh, Valley. And he came back this year to finish out his year with me, finish out his career with me. So I got him, he's here as a grad student. So it's exciting to have him back. So, you know, they go and some come back. And, and, and you know, it, it's, I really don't pay too much attention to the poor, to be honest with you. You know, uh, I just, we just do our due diligence and recruiting hard. Quentin Morgan, of course, the head football coach at Langston joins us here on the program. So let's get back to the personnel. Is this a veteran offensive line for you in 2023? Yeah, it, it's it's a pretty seasoned offensive line, but it still has some youth in it, though. You know, it's a lot of us. Juniors and sophomores that are playing. I may, maybe have one senior that's on my, no, two seniors that's on my offensive line this year. Uh, with 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 Seth Scott and um, one of my lackey twins. He has another year. Uh, so it, it's it's seasoned, but it's you know, like I said, it's still kind of young. Yeah, and then wide receiver. What is what is that position looking like for you? It's gonna look it's gonna look great. We have a lot of returners at the receiver uh, position. We got Brian Hasbar who's returning. Kevin Allen that's returning. LaVon Williams is returning. Ivory Real Wright is returning. Uh, we have um, uh, John Lewis is returning. So we have a lot of our key players that have returned uh, at, the, at the receiving position. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what those guys are going to be able to do this year. They, they should know the offense a whole lot better now. And it's been, they, they played in it for two years now. And so, you know, it's going to be exciting to see what we can do. You know, I, I, I text you maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago about one of your one of your kids. I think it was a wide receiver, and he's no longer with you. But you say, but you you text me back. We got this kid, Travis Martin, uh, defensive uh, back for yeah. you that returns that I know you're excited about. He had four interceptions, and in, uh, last year was first team All Sack performer. Yeah, he he's uh he he's going to be something special. Uh, he's standing at about six three, probably about two ten. Uh, six, three and a half, actually. And, that, and that's according to NFL scouts. Green Bay has come through and looked at him and they're excited about his size. And uh, he has great speed. You know, that's the thing that's surprising about him. He, he probably going he probably going to get you about a four, 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 three, forty. And he's and the thing about Travis. So when I was talking about developing kids, so I recruited Travis from Landry 
Landry Walker out of, out of New Orleans, Louisiana, where he was a defensive end. Okay. So I converted him into a cornerback and he had to go through his growing pains. He had to figure out how to play the position. And so now I've got him to where he's understanding it and, and being able to play it. And, and he's using his size and his speed. And so he's going to be exciting to watch these next two years. He's only a, a junior this year and he still has a whole nother year. So I expect the, the you know, this kid here to be, uh, you know, someone that we'll be able to talk about in the future playing on Sundays. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I, I could sense that when we kind of conversed last week. Defensively, the rest of the defense, what, what does that look like? I mean, what were your thoughts on the way the defense specifically played in 2022 and, and uh, the improvement for 2023? Um, I felt like we, uh, we didn't win some, some key moments, you know. Um, but overall, I think the kids done a good job. You know, uh, we, we, it was just a couple of situations where we didn't win a few key moments. But they did rise to occasion in big games. And uh, I think we just, like I said, we 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 got we lost hindsight towards the end of the season on, on how to stay focused and how to finish. But um, it's a I got a new defensive coordinator in, uh, Richard Embry, and it's a new life inside the defensive room. I, I, I was able to bring back my my legendary coach, Coach Calvin Miller. So he's going to be he's going to be back. He's back with us now, and uh, we're excited about the defensive staff right now. You know, I'm I'm very excited about it because we have. We have we have the energy with my young defensive coordinator, and we have the the wisdom of my old my old defensive coordinator, Coach Calvin Miller, and then myself is also helping on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm excited about what we're going to be able to do defensively. We have a lot of returners that are that are returning back defensively with some new additions. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. I, I can tell you, like I can tell you this, we're gonna we're gonna fly around. We're gonna definitely fly around. We're gonna believe in trying to get you know 11 people around the ball as much as possible. You know, Coach Morgan, sometimes when people don't know about something, they assume something, right? So you, you say NAIA compared to NCAA. I, I would say this. Um, I look at your conference. Uh, you've been in the SAC, I don't know, three or four, the SAC, it was, which is the Sooner Athletic Conference, three or four years. You've had some seasons where you've had eight wins and didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, that should automatically tell you that there's some competition uh, right there, and, and it's tough. How tough is that SAC conference? It's, it's real tough. You know, I go against some great coaches, you know, to be totally honest with you. The thing about, you know, being in, in NAIA and in our conference to be told, uh, to be uh, real transparent about it, you know, these guys, you got to be, you got to be about your X's and O's. You know, you got to have a great game plan. You, you um, they, they know how to attack weaknesses. So you got to prepare each and every week very, very well to, in order to compete, you know, and, um, uh, the talent level, you know, is is good as well. To be totally honest with you, I feel it's no different than a, a Division II, NCAA Division II. You know, I have some teams in my conference I know for a fact will give some one double A's a run for their money. They'll give a lot of Division IIs a run for their money. And and the reason why I can say that is because I've played against some Division IIs and some one double A's, you know, and and we've held our own. And we got some, like I said, we have some, we got some teams that that are really that are really good. You know, they're funded well. And so, you know, you, you, you get, you get high caliber athletes out there. And you're one of the, one of the teams that opens the, um, the season on August to 26, just in 17 days. Um, I think there's, I think amongst HBCUs, there may be like three, I think it's like three or four games. You're one of those games. Um, speak to that opening game. Uh, what mid America Nazarene 
is all about. And then your schedule kind of favorable. You've got six out of 10 home games this year. Right. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, Mid-America is definitely going to be a, a, a tough opponent for that first game. Uh, they've been known for having some good football. They're coming out of the KCAC, I believe, which is a pretty uh, do- dominant conference in NAIA. And uh, we're excited about that opportunity. You know, we're trying to get, uh, get ourselves up in the power ratings real quick by trying to get a W on that first one. And then we'll have a, a two-week bye, and then we'll be at home against Louisiana College, uh, Louisiana Christian. So, um, yeah, the, the the schedule is pretty favorable. It's not, um, I guess you can say, top-heavy at the end of the season. So the last couple of years, uh, I've had, you know, um, I guess you would say the 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 not so – I would I want I don't even want to say the not so great teams because we feel like every game we get everyone's best, you know, game. But I would say that the, you know, the uh the the lower the lower tier of our conference, we had those the first five games, and then the top tier, we had to play our last five games uh, of the season. So, you know, uh now that the, the schedule is kind of like balanced out to where we're not having to face the top tier teams the last five games of the season when you're all banged up. I think it's going to, it'll probably help us a whole lot. But regardless of how the schedule is set, we still got to do our part and uh, make sure we finish the way we start. No doubt. But any concerns, because I think, I think that's interesting. You open the season prior to when most other teams do, then you've got a two week bye before you get back into the schedule. Any concerns there? No, I don't have any concerns. I think it, what it does is, is it gives us the time to continue to get more cerebral work more conditioning in in those in those two weeks, you know, and it also gives our guys uh, the opportunity to rest because we're gonna go to war on the twenty sixth. That's our mindset. We're ready to go to war, and uh, so it, it gives us the opportunity to rest a little bit. And you know, we're gonna work hard. My kid, my guys work hard. Uh, they're working hard right now. We, you know, we started school July thirty first, so we've been at it, and so we uh, we've been in we've been in our tour days, and and we're still in fall camp. This is our second weekend. In, and the guys are flying around, and so we, we, we're excited about it, and we're ready to rock and roll. Quentin Morgan, again, in his ninth season as the head football coach at Langston, joins us here as the Lions open the season on August the 26th at home against Mid-America Nazarene. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Always great to catch up with you, Coach Morgan. Good luck to you and the Lions this season. Oh, God bless, man. Thank you so much. And and, uh, I I enjoy every time I come on here with you. All right, no doubt. Nope, sounds good. All right. All right, sir. Everything, how's the family? Man, the family's doing good, man. I have one less stress. My baby has been almost two years free of of the cancer. Oh, yeah. That's right. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, last year was the year uh, we we, we pulled him off. He doesn't have to take dialysis no more so we stopped that in the middle of uh, around October of this season that just went by so he has no more dialysis and he's doing great man I, it, it's like a I guess you can say uh, a big weight lifted off my chest and now you could have I mean, we could have mentioned that into the podcast if you wanted to because that's been part of a lot of the stress that I've been dealing with the last couple of years you know just you know wondering about my baby and hoping that he's all right because at the same time he was battling cancer my brother is also battling, was battling cancer. Wow. So, you know, it, it was been, it's been rough for me the last two years, you know, mentally, because um, I only have one brother and then this is my baby, you know, who, who both 
battling cancer, you know, and my brother came through. God, God blessed him to come through just fine. And then he's blessed my baby to come through just fine, you know. And so it, it's been it's been, um, I guess you can say refreshing to know that they're all right now, you know. Yeah, no doubt. No, it, it, it's in the podcast now. So but but let me ask you this. I mean, I mean, does it how how much? Obviously, something like that is big. It's it's outside of football. It's family, right? Like it's outside of football. I mean, does it does is it is it like game day? Is that something that the game and that type of thing allow for you to kind of take you away from that, or does it affect you? Or how how does can you tell us kind of how that works or how it affects you? Ooh, yeah, it, it still affects me right now. I'm getting emotional about it right now. You know, uh, just thinking about it, what I had to go through the last couple of years. You know, and um, it was tough. It was really, really tough, man, to be totally honest with you, because, it, you know, it's like you said, it, it, this is, it, it's about life. It, it's about my immediate family, you know, and uh, just to have, just to be thinking that, you know, you could possibly lose any one of them at any given time, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and we know how cancer is, you know, it, some people win the battle and some people don't. And I'm just, I just thank God that he, you know, he, uh, he pulled my, my brother and my, and my son through, and so, um, you know, I kind of like I had to leave it in his hands, but, you know, it's still in the back of your mind at all times, you know, um, after wins, I don't, it, they didn't feel the same, you know, to be totally honest with you. Um, it, it, I'm really just now coming back into my own, even my kids on my program, they, they know that what I've been through and they feel like that their coach is now getting back to where he was before all of this hit me at one time, you know, and, uh, so it's just been rough, but you know, you know, they say God, you know, puts his his, his toughest battles on the strongest soldiers, and uh, and I'm glad that my 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 brother and my son was able to pull through those battles, and uh, you know, it took a lot of prayers. It it really did. It took a lot of prayers, and and uh, but yeah, I'm 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 blessed that that they're still both here with me, and um, you know, uh, I enjoy each and every moment I spend with them. So it's it's been real refreshing to have that uplift off my off my chest that worry and you know and it's not a good thing to worry we all know that but you know and uh, but it 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 was just so close to home you know it's there you know so it it, it always set in the back of my mind so you, you, it did take away some focus from me to be totally honest with you and uh, it, it was more about family than 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 anything and um, my my staff like I love them because. When I was going through this, they know they had to to pick it up another notch for me, you know, because they know that I was I was torn between two, you know, uh, um, of course. And um, but it was, yeah, man, it was trying times. It really was, you know. You question whether, you know, what's important and what's not important when you're going through situations like that, you know. And uh, it, you know, I battled through it, and uh, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm glad that I stuck with it and continued to to fight and pray for him. And and like I said, now that that he's free, my brother has been free. It, you know, it just it's refreshing. You know, and I can feel myself. It put me in a little depression. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. It put me in a little depression. I didn't want to talk much about it. You know, I got emotional about it all the time. And uh, you, you know, we talk about mental health with these kids, but I know for coaches as well, we go through our problems as well. You know, and uh, I went through my own, you know, spill of it. So I respect the mental health part of the game for these babies that we coach. And, you know, what I'm saying and, and these coaches that are around here that go through, you know, trying times. 
And uh, but yeah, it, it it was it was very 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 tough, man. Man, that's interesting with the, with the players, and you mentioned the mental health because you because you you've experienced that. Does that do you maybe I don't I'm just do you coach them differently in some respects, or do you approach them differently in some absolutely. respects because of this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. All these kids, we all come from a different walk of life. Okay, and you don't know what's going on in the kids with a kid's personal life back at home. You know, you don't know what he or she has has been through. You know what I'm saying? And and it's in it's important that us as coaches, we gotta care. We gotta have. We gotta. We can't put everything into wins and losses. You know, you gotta have that open door policy where these kids can come talk to you. You know, and and that's what I have. I have an open door policy with my kids. I am, and I am an accessible accessible head coach. They can come to me at any given time. They can call me at any given time. It doesn't matter. I'm going to pick up my phone. I'm going to go drive over there to their, to their dorm. It doesn't matter with me. I'm going to seek whatever I need to do to get them the right help. Um, I, to be totally honest, I have a buddy of mine who uh, who has a, a nonprofit uh, called Next Metropolitan. Uh, it's out of Dallas-Fort Worth area. And um, he, uh, he has a... Uh, a, a great thing going on right now where he helps with mental health for, for young men and young women. So I had him and his therapist and his crew, they all come down and they, um, and they come down to talk to our, to our, actually my football team and a couple of other programs that we have here to, to basically, uh, you know, let them know about, you know, mental health and things that they can do to help, you know, their situation, who they need to reach out to and, and, you know, such things as that. And, and it's, it's important because it's the big elephant in the room right now. You know, it really is. And as coaches, we got to be aware of, you know, the change in our student athletes. You can see it. You really can see it. If you really pay attention to your kids, you can, you can, you can see when they're battling something mentally. Like I can tell by body language when something's going on with one of my kids because I'm observative and I, and I, and I understand it by experiencing, you know, that depression, from what I went through, you know, personally, you know, so it, it's important. That's all I can say to, you know, to pretty much all you, to us coaches out there, you know, you, we got to pay attention to these kids. It's a different time, you know, and uh, we got to care, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, we can't, can't use these babies for their God given talent and then care less about what happens to them, you know, at home or mentally. Mm. Very well said. Well, we are so we are so grateful and blessed that both your son and your brother are cancer free. Um, yes, you said that, uh, you know, that late that weight has also been lifted uh, off of you. Um, hey, man, we wish you absolutely nothing but the best. Appreciate you coming on and us having these conversations about every almost about every year we, we do this. So. Yes. Uh, we definitely, cause you, you know, you, I mean, when you're averaging eight wins over the last five seasons, you definitely, we definitely got to talk to you about that. Right. So, um, but again, in, in, in turn, but that, and in terms of your personal situation as well, man. So appreciate you sharing that with us and we'll be talking with you uh, during the course of the season. All right. I look forward to it, man. I thank you again. 
We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.